and boom goes the dynamite. Welcome to a special edition of Boom Goes the Dynamite, the AEW Dynamite Review Show here on the PWM Podcast Network. I'm Jeffrey. With me tonight is Paul Sebastian. Paul, how you doing, my friend? Jeff, I am great. I am pulling up to the podcast uh, in a fresh Jeep. I got my distressed Jeep trucker hat on. It's frayed and stuff, but it's brand new. I bought it from the dealership like that, but it looks like that. Uh, I got boot cut jeans. I'm not wearing boots, and uh, I'm ready to get it down and dirty. The Jeep guy, Jeff. Oh, boy. You're a Jeep guy. This is the Jeep podcast that's also about wrestling sometimes. I, I, I don't have a Jeep, so. Uh, well, you know what? That makes one of us. And I feel like if half of us have a Jeep, we can still be a Jeep podcast. I have two Jeeps We, we can now. call I you Dr. Jeep. for both of us. I actually have. I, I currently, <laughs> because I haven't sold my previous Jeep yet, I have two Jeeps. Well, I guess, you know, we'll just call you Dr. Jeep. Uh, they are make, calling uh, me Dr. Jeep. The, uh... I'm hearing it more and more. A lot of Yeah, I think Andrew Eldridge Jeep. called you that 20 years before you were born or something. That is true. <laughs> Wait, when, when were true. you born? That is true. There's a, there's a Dr. Jeep Jr. working in a different mid-level territory. And also, there's a different Dr. Jeep in Mexico. He's not the same guy, but they still kind of do it. And no one really cares. Uh, well, wait, when were you born? Me? I was born in uh, the year of the Jeep, 1988. Oh, of course. <laughs> That's the year of the Jeep on the Zodiac, Jeff. Oh, boy. So uh, I completely forgot to watch Rampage. I, I recorded it Friday, and it just completely passed me by to, to watch it. So, oops. Sorry. It was a super fun show. Uh, it was a great time to be back in the saddle with my co-host over on Wrestling Brain Rampage, Nick East. So we covered that one, and uh, you know, hook. So when whenever whenever hooks around. Hey, yeah, I was hoping to see John Moxley. You know, do his tune-up match before, uh, you know, before the uh, GCW show on Sunday. I'm gonna reserve my opinions about that because they may be showing up in another forum uh, soon. Ah. So uh, if you want um, some so already dated opinions and takes, and see how many things I got wrong. You can always head over to our buddy Josh Custodio's Patreon at patreon.com slash 
Josh C, but with a zero. So J0SHC. And uh, you can pay five bucks to hear me and Josh give our predictions that are already now outdated. But Josh does a bunch of other cool stuff there. So, like, do that, I guess. Yeah, I, I know at least two matches got nuked out of the water because of uh, card changes for those Quote, unquote, card changes. Some, yeah, some weird stuff. Well, one was, you know, just out of abundance of precaution for COVID stuff. The second one was just a whole weird thing. And I've talked about Nick Wayne, I think, a little bit on this podcast, and I definitely did with Josh there. And that whole thing is weird. I don't know, man. Yeah, that's a different time and a place for all that. If I guess I would say if you didn't watch The World on GCW and you can go back and watch it, I thought it was a show worth checking out. It was interesting. Like I said, I'm going to hold my opinions for now because they, they may be showing up in another forum. So I just want to hold, hold it for that. So uh, tonight was a special edition of AEW Dynamite. Tonight was the annual beach break episode from the uh, beautiful, warm, tropical climbs of Cleveland, Ohio, and Fun the times Wolstein in Cleveland Center. Again. Still Cleveland. So, uh, yeah, and we opened up Beach Break 2022 with your hosts, Jim Ross, Tony Schiavone, and Excalibur going right into the ladder match for the undisputed TNT Championship, Cody Rhodes versus Sammy Guevara. Uh, Cody Rhodes uh, trying to look not only like Homelander, but with a little bit of Judge Dredd to him today, I've noticed. (laughs) So two uh, especially cool guys, uh, definitely heroes, definitely good guys, definitely people you should root for and emulate. I don't see anything wrong. Yeah, that, that, definitely which, not I will fascist say, at all. I did, I did just rewatch the 2012 Dread movie with Carl Urban uh, the other night and uh, still fucking rocks. What a good movie. That that movie is is phenomenal. I still, it's even the though closest it is a thing to an American of Raid Raid, Redemption. But. Yeah, well, well, it's like, you know, it is like the closest thing to it. Like, they're going to try to do one in English, right? Aren't they doing one? Or is that a deal? I thought I read something about that. Um, but... You know, it really does capture the spirit of the raid, like in a really interesting way. And then also, you know, with the elements of the the Judge Dread lore and mythos and aesthetics, and it just all really worked for me. Yeah, I mean, well, no, that movie rocks. I I, I do love it. So uh, anyway, this match I thought rocked I mean, too. I, I thought there were some talking about nonstop violence, right? <laughs> Yeah, I mean, this was, I thought this was great. This was, uh, I, I you know, I, I, I'm not usually big on ladder matches and, you know, this is, this will be, this was the second show this week that I watched that started off with a ladder match. I was like, oh Jesus, there's variations on a theme here. Uh, There were some, there were some gnarly spots in this, uh, that upside, that, uh, Sammy going into the upside down ladder and getting caught in the hinges was absolutely gruesome. So, I uh, uh, full disclosure, I did not see any of this match up until the point of Fuego del Sol showing up. So you are on your own until there because Jeff, I was busy doing stuff with my new Jeep. Oh well. Well, I wasn't like we, I had we, to go we know what your prior Jeep, we know so. what your priority is today. Yeah, it's a Jeep. <laughs> Absolutely. Uh, but they did Jeep replay talk. the relevant spots. In, in, they they did replay the relevant spots in the um in, in the highlight reel a, after the match. And uh, holy shit, that fucking cutter off the top of the ladders. 
that one Jesus really Christ from, from even the stuff that I saw like from the 20 minute mark on like so I'm to understand that the entire match was just like that huh yeah it was it was pretty it was pretty mighty mighty uh Cody did a crossroads off of there at, off of it and uh then we had you know Sam, you, I think you saw the 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 senton bomb spot yeah spectacular um, holy Toledo. And the way he like uh, uh front flipped right off it like from the velocity it was just brutal looking man yeah um yeah honestly it was the right the right call was made as far as the match result uh Sammy Guevara is your undisputed uh TNT champion now and what a really uh, right great call, sequence to finish that match too like the trading blows the top leading to the the hit across the head with the uh with the belt one of the two belts there it was inventive uh while still just you know not being overly complicated and was you know the it gave the weight that proper moment of like a very simple overcoming of Cody as a foe this is you know where Cody's arc has been going and you know it's a really great way to kind of uh, uh, finish this story, like in the spirit that it's supposed to be in, right? Like Cody is doing something very much like something his father would do. He's uh, putting over this young guy, you know, uh, where he would be leaving the territory afterwards or going away for a while. Now, if you think there's a chance of Cody actually leaving AEW, you're 100% not paying attention there. He's not going fucking anywhere. This is all a work, but it's a really, really good work. Yeah, and um, yeah, I, I, again, I just thought that this was the right call, and uh, Sammy Guevara is your undisputed TNT champion as we head to our first segment of the evening in which uh, Tony Schiavone, Ricky Sarks, and Powerhouse Hobbs are somewhere on a frozen beach in Cleveland. Um, just Ricky Sarks with the fit. Beach. Everyone's dressed uh, appropriately for the weather. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Ricky Starks uh, challenging, you know, d- accepting the challenge from Jay Lethal for the FTW title. So I guess that's going to happen next week. Or, or challenge issuances and acceptances. So you're going to have the Jay Lethal one and uh, yeah. Will Hobbs also getting back to business. Yeah, so that that that's going to be happening. Uh, I think that I think the Hobbs versus uh, Dante Martin. I think that's going to be next dynamite in Chicago. Is that not? I believe you are correct. Yes. I think, and I really like. Yeah, a, a show I will not be Martin attending. Well, here, not going to this one. Okay, which is this one at uh, the whatever they call it arena now, the former Sears Center? No, 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 no. This one's at no. This one's in the city. It's at the Wind Trust. This is a Wind Trust show. All right, the home of uh, the first inaugural yeah, this, revolution, right? Yes, that is correct. And uh, it's where the uh, the last. Yeah, it's where the the last Thanksgiving show happened too. Ah, so. that's right. Okay. So yeah, so yeah, I I will not be attending that. So, uh, our second match of the evening, uh, we went right into this one. Uh, Warlow taking on, uh, let's see here. Wait, I got my notes here. Do Elijah, oh fuck, it's like, the match is yeah, over. No, I do actually have these done. names, but the match is yeah, it's it's over. The match was done before so, you. Could that, read that, the names. that was fun couple little fellas. Got uh, I think it was Elijah, Elijah Dean and it was Elijah Dean and James Alexander who got the fuck destroyed. So. All right. Well, those guys <laughs> got power bombed like a lot. I think there was like a total of seven to nine power bombs in there somewhere. Uh, hey, yeah, I'll never get sick of watching Wardlow beat people up. So that's a fine way to spend three to five minutes on a uh, wrestling yep, segment. And, to me. Uh, 
Indeed, and uh, yeah, hit F in the chat, I guess. So, no, nope, third I'm not match, F. no respect. Chris to these Jericho, drivers. Santana, Chris Jericho, Santana, and Ortiz versus Daniel Garcia in 2.0. Um, this was a match that was filled with uh, inner circle drama, and uh, that's pretty much was the point of this match was inner All circle right, drama. Get out of the way, Jeff, because I fucking loved this match and I want to talk about it. Um, this was about as good as you can do a story-focused six-man tag match. This was really, for me, reminiscent of, like, and I mean this in the best way, of, like, a Saturday morning, like a Saturday morning superstars show kind of six-man tag where you have major players all kind of together. They're not doing the major part of their storyline, but they're just giving you enough to keep you back up to speed on what's going on. So let's say that they're hyping a major pay-per-view or they're between pay-per-views that you maybe didn't see, or maybe you don't have access to all the different televisions, you know, back then, this is the kind of match that would say, it gives you everything you need to know. So like, let's say you are a new fan, or let's say you haven't been following along with what's been going on here to date. You got the entire story within the confines of this match. And now you're up to speed. And so from the walkouts, to Jericho at the end, you know, barking at Santana and Ortiz from the ramp. You got it all encapsulated there. And I thought it was really perfectly executed in that regard. And we don't see a ton of matches like that in AEW. Yeah. You know, overall though, I, I just thought that, you know, the, I mean, the, the, the whole point of the match was for, you know, Santana and Ortiz to get, you know, do most of the heavy lifting. And then, you know, Chris Jericho has to save him in, in the end. And, you know, but he didn't makes, have to know, save them. No, 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 no. That's not, I don't think that's the right reading of it. Jericho didn't have to save them. Jericho interjected and did the thing that he always does. So from, from Chris Jericho's perspective, he thinks, yes, I had to save them. But if you're uh Santana and Ortiz, if you're Ortiz in the ring there, you go, I had him. I didn't need you in the fucking first place. What are you doing here? So that continues to add a little bit more of that descent and kind of keeps those uh, uh, those things going. Obviously, the inner circle is on a path to destruction. We know how this is going to end. What matters is how we get there and if it's done well. And if we're going to execute like this, I'm very uh, optimistic as to what uh, this inner circle storyline is going to finish through and like, how it's going to uh, end up. I-, I like where it's going. And I want to see more. And I guess that's the that's the thing about this match. And that's what these kind of matches are. They have to make you want to see more from it. And I now do. Where before I was like, okay, let's get to it. Let's just make it happen. I kind of want them to draw this out now. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, I mean, I I, I could see that. Uh, of course, the ending was uh, a Chris Jericho juice effect from outside of the ring leads to uh Santana pinning i think it was uh who who is one of those guys yeah <laughs> 2.1 of them it, the, uh, was it the square head or the other head it, it was the one that's not jeff parker i i can never remember the other guy's matt name lee, mike lee maybe matt lee. Matt. matt lee okay there we go i don't know sorry matt lee i can never you remember taste? your name uh i just thought that this match was just okay overall personally but you know All right. we, i mean i guess we, we were looking we will have differences it, like this this I guess we were. match is just something that I feel like I crave more on AEW programming. Not all the time, but these kind of matches, this is very just like meat and potatoes stuff, right? It's not very complicated, but I think it's a really important piece of a wrestling show. 
Yeah, you, you might be right. I just I figured that maybe this would be where Santana Ortiz proved, yeah, we don't need Jer- Jericho to, you know, and we're we're tired of fighting Jericho's fights for him. And well, that's uh, what you we're know. building towards. And, that's where we're moving. That's that's the direction we're going in. But they, you know, keep holding it back and holding it back until it really blows up at the right time. And you know, to be fair. This is something that they've done really well with Jericho's stories and with the inner circle over the last couple of years. So I'm giving them the benefit of the doubt. I think this one's going to go good. Yeah, I guess we'll see. Um, we then get a backstage segment. Uh, actually, it was a uh, more of a vignette uh, video package. Uh, Jake Roberts, Lance Archer, and Adam Page uh, discussing a, a Texas death match for the a Texas World death title match. In- in two weeks. In uh, two weeks. I love this. Don't oh, we have man. a pay-per-view that we're supposed to be building to? Uh, is this not building towards a pay-per-view? Sounds fine to me. Uh, no, this is on an episode of Dynamite. The pay-per-view right, is in so, March. <laughs> right. So you got uh, a title defense and then coming right out of the title defense, a pay-per-view build for a month. Sounds right to me. I feel like we're on track. You okay. got to have challengers. And I think Lance Archer is as good a uh, monster challenger as any. Right, so who challenges at the pay-per-view? I don't know. That's what we're going to find out after Lance Archer. That's the anticipation of professional wrestling, Jim. Yeah, I guess, I guess uh, so. I, that's, I, but I, guess I, I like this approach to the early parts of Adam Page's title run here. Like, we've had, we have his main rivals, right? We've already established, obviously, Kenny Omega is going to want that belt back at some point. Obviously, Brian Danielson is going to want another shot at some point, but he's busy with John Moxley, who's also going to want a shot at some point. We know we have that, like, top three there. But if Adam Page is going to have a big time top of the heap, you know, title run, you have to have those second tier challengers as well. And those sort of, I guess, next tier of matchups, you got to have monsters in there. You got to mix in some monsters in your rogues gallery, Jeff. And I think Lance Archer is the right guy for this kind of thing. He's established. He's a really good wrestler. He's immediately legit. You can build him up right away. He can take a loss to Adam Page, go away and come right back and, you know, rinse repeat with the next guy. Well, it's a it's a thought, isn't it? <laughs> and it's a Texas death. So, match, which, uh, you know, I, I love that. I, it's not yeah. really a different real death match, but they say Texas, which makes it sound cooler. And I'm always for that. Right. Well, I mean, and, and let's face it, uh, Lance Archer does have some uh, what do you call uh, 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 bona fides with those uh, those type of matches. So it turns out so he certainly does. Yeah. And, and uh, going back to that, well, for something that he's familiar with and something that, you know, he's done with other AEW talent, I think is smart. Indeed. We then get a uh, backstage segment with uh, Jurassic Express and Private Party, but Christian Cage and Matt Hardy do 95% of the talking. and uh, They're the mouthpieces. Yeah, okay. That's what they're here cool. for, I guess. Although, I guess what's good about this is, like, you can see everyone else getting sick of them, and that's what we're going, obviously, here. Like, eventually, I mean, Jurassic Express are tag team champions. What do they necessarily need Christian for? I got a feeling that's blowing up at some point. And obviously the Hardy stuff with uh, Andrade and this new AHFO thing is specifically made to, to, you know, break Matt Hardy out of this thing. I assume there's going to be some sort of hostile takeover leaving Matt Hardy. um, Maybe you would say not fixed Jeff. Uh, Maybe. Yeah. Well, maybe, maybe in some sort of state of disrepair. 
perhaps. Yeah, but you notice that we didn't see uh, Andrade at all this week. Nope, Andrade is doing something else, but um, I'm sure either we'll see him on some sort of promo something on Friday or next week. Uh, We then go back into the ring, and uh, CM Punk comes out, and uh, he does his very CM Punky shtick, although he is dressed in ring gear. Uh, This does on, and he shouted out the long boys by name. He did say long boys yep, on he, television. He, he's got the long boys. Uh, he, he, yeah, I mean, o- o- Okada don't got him. He hasn't had him for a while, so, you know, CM Punk can have him. Um, this does eventually bring out MJF, and you know what? MJF can bury the city of Cleveland all day long. Well, <laughs> you know, we all know concerned. where I'm from, so I obviously don't have a lot of nice things to say about Cleveland, but let's, let, let's rewind here. So CM Punk started this promo out, in a very like victory lap fashion in kind of the same way he shouted out the things that he normally said. And at that point I was like, okay, we're just going to get another one of these. Right. I had no idea where this was going to go or what it would end up being. Uh, So I have to uh, kind of, I guess even eat some crow on this because I was a pretty vocal opponent of their first big time promo that a lot of people really loved. Um, maybe I need to re-examine it or maybe just things hit differently because to me, this segment was everything that people thought the last one was. Does that make sense? Um, I think so, but you know, I still don't think that that was uh great. I mean, yeah, I mean that last segment, that's whatever. This was legitimately great. This is about as See, I, I as a mic to mic segment can get to me um i thought everything about this thing was brilliant i mean you know what honestly i I went and got myself a slice of key lime pie during okay well you got up and you missed one of the best what's probably gonna end up being one of the better promos of the year um see i I mean i came back and i still see i i came back to it and it was still going on so i don't actually know if i missed anything well, obviously, except you, you know when you were I, eating key lime pie. But by the um, time I came back, by the time I came back, of course, was when we got the pinnacle attacking. So yeah, and, you missed uh, all kinds of shit. This was a really long segment. No, this was. I thought this was beautifully executed. Um, the way that they kind of called back to CM Punk's history in Cleveland, and I knew where it was going. Yeah, I, I did catch that. That was job here. So early in the promo, he even said, he's like, I'm going to get to your history later. And he foreshadowed that really well. And it let the crowd, I know where, and you kind of knew where this was going, but it didn't make it any less effective. Like it almost made it more effective when you knew the anticipation of what he was going to say, Punk's reaction to it. Everything was very visceral. Everything felt very uh, uh, intense. It felt very real. Just everything about it, man. It's um, MJF has no business being as good as he is at this point in his career at this. This is the hard part right here. Like cutting these long-winded promos and keeping a crowd in the palm of your hand for minutes at a time on live television is way harder than doing wrestling moves good. Uh, This is like the real hard part, and he's already got it nailed down barely into his mid-20s. It's really something to see, man. Well, uh, the Pinnacle do attack, and uh, did you catch? Warlow just didn't seem into it. Well, that's, again, 
part of what we're whole doing with this whole story. And I think it's really good that we're holding on to that despite, you know, Wardlow stuff not being in the spotlight, despite that not being the focus of this, we're still staying on track and on brand. And I mean, MJF finishing sitting cross-legged on CM Punk's chest was just a incredible visual. Uh, okay, that yeah, that man. was a nice touch. I gotta this, say, this was, but you know what? A, this was a fucking fantastic promo on both sides. This is some of CM Punk's best mic work, I think, since he's gotten back as well. Um, all of this was fantastic. They had the crowd just eating out of the palms of their hands. But you know what? But you know what? He was not the first to do that. No, and he wasn't the last either. There was another fantastic promo on this show, and we'll get to that too. No, 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 no. I'm talking about the sitting cross-legged on your your, your opponent that you, you just attacked. Right. That was uh, Kenta did that at the end of Wrestle Kingdom 14. Right. So think think of <laughs> he all did the history that we have here. There's obviously a little bit of uh, some things there. Yeah, Ken- which, yeah. Kenta already tweeted that CM didn't he tweet CM Punk is a piece of shit earlier? Oh yeah, yeah. He, oh yeah, yeah. He yeah, Kenta wants wants. Oh yeah, he I mean, does. And that, yeah, and that he, match well, is going to happen at some point. One of the best parts of uh, of CM Punk being in AEW is like that's a forbidden door. We're definitely opening right. There's no it, way it has that to those guys at can't wrestle each other. It has to happen. Absolutely. Yeah, I mean, there, there's some legit beef there. So, <laughs> uh, we then get a, uh, a a vignette with the acclaim calling out John Moxley. So Yo, Anthony Bowens is the next to be listen. sacrificed on the altar of John Moxley. Uh, we can't uh, skip so. over Anthony Bowens uh, calling John Moxley Oscar Kakashko looking ass. Incredible stuff. Yeah, I didn't. I didn't catch that reference. I'm he's sorry. A, yeah, he's an Austrian impressionist. Uh, yeah, just really great stuff. Um, the acclaimed rule. Everyone okay. loves the acclaimed. Uh, watch the acclaimed on Friday. Very happy Anthony Bowens is getting this match. Uh, very excited to see what they do on Friday night, and uh, I expect that to be a lot of fun. Okay, so we come back from commercial, and we have uh, Julia Hart and uh, Smart Mark Sterling. And uh, Julia Hart uh, wants to sign this contract uh, for a, the open challenge for uh, Jade Cargill's TBS title. Uh, your beautiful baby boy tries to talk her out of it. He wants to help. Maybe he's pre-law. He's got a varsity jacket. You don't know. He might know some <laughs> stuff. Maybe, maybe his dad's a lawyer. He looks like he's got that look about him, maybe. Like, there's a lot... That, you know, he could like, what if Julia couldn't read half the contract? You, I, you might, yeah, you might need a, well. we need a set. Do we have to do the Wayne's world bit on this, Jeff? Do we have to do the Wayne's world bit? Maybe Griff has no, an eye for detail. No, we do not detail. have to do the Wayne's world. Okay. Maybe. Who knows? Maybe he needs to cross the T's and dot the lowercase J's. <laughs> <laughs> so I guess that match is happening on Rampage. So cool. Uh, yeah, nice uh, to see make sure you, make match. sure you keep your eye on Rampage and uh, turn your eyes towards uh, twitch.tv slash wrestling brain afterwards. Will do our fourth match of the evening. Uh, Red Velvet versus legit Layla Hirsch. Um, picture in picture once again took me out of this match that I did not want to be taken out of, but it still did it anyway. What's funny that like you mentioned bas- that because uh, like the bastard that picture in picture is. My girlfriend specifically mentioned good things happening during picture in picture during this match. Like she specifically a couple times were like, oh, shit, like, oh, there's a lot of cool stuff happening during the commercial break right now, uh, which, you know, there, there's a mixture of things when that sort of happens. There's obviously the unfortunate timing of being live, but there's also 
you know, wrestlers are giving away too many good moves during a commercial break, and you have to be conscious of that and aware of it. You know, there's there's a couple different sides of that. That all being said, um, on a ma- on a night where like a lot of good wrestling happened, this was a really a standout match. What a really good wrestling match here, Jeff. Yeah, it was it was pretty decent. Um, again, it just uh, once again the commercial break took me out of the match, and I, it, I'm not here to I, talk I, about I'm, commercial I'm breaks. Tired Let's talk about wrestling. Because... Let's talk wrestling. They wrestled each other, and it was good. Um, it, this was Red Velvet's best match, and I think by like a a lot, maybe like it might be like a wide margin of Red Velvet's best match to date. She has improved noticeably. I, I will cop to this. She has noticeably improved noticeably and quickly and uh that's really great to see like you can tell she's absolutely putting in the work and that's very promising the gear game has stepped up uh she her attitude even and like the way she sort of carries herself outside the ring and like i i thought it was a really nice touch to not even do the entrance on this match she just sprinted straight in and started fighting layla trading strikes right away um just she took a couple extra beats during the match that i didn't see her do before you know get the crowd into it or find the camera um, and yeah, obviously the moveset's definitely improving that scissor kick she's got now and, uh, the leg lariat. I don't think I've seen her do that before. That was really nice. Yeah. So, but you know, let's not forget Layla Hirsch in this match too. And she was, her, her ground game is, is, is beyond sound. Oh yeah. Well, and, and Layla, and Layla's it's, job it, on this was go make red velvet look like a million bucks. And she did it. Uh, that like she, this she was did. like a really and... give and take match where yeah you're gonna go over but also you have to make your like it's it's even more important that you make your opponent look good in the loss and uh, it's a very not an easy job to do and uh, Layla was very unselfish uh, and you know had a great match in service to Red Velvet while still getting a win. Yeah, um, Layla Hirsch did get the win. Uh, there were, uh, you know, tights were pulled in order to get the win. I, uh, you know, we had speaking to... of which, I did not expect her. I was thinking Red Velvet was going in that all the way. She was, you know, ranked number one, so I figured she would get this win, kind of cement herself as a next. We talked about second-tier challengers earlier. I think she'd be a strong second-tier challenger to Britt Baker at this point. But this kind of flips things around. So uh, with that and with Layla being a bit evil towards the end, do you think she's getting herself a title shot with Britt Baker anytime soon? Uh, quite possibly. I mean, they have gone to this well before with Adam Page. So, you know, uh, you know, knocking him off of the, the number one spot. So, yeah, we'll see. I, I think definitely think some sort of title shot is in Layla Hirsch's future. I do think a Layla Hirsch Britt Baker title match will be very, very high quality. So I am hoping for that just because I want to see some real good wrestling. I think that's a match that Britt hasn't really had yet in her title run. So to kind of add a different sort of type of title match to her, uh, her uh, repertoire, her Rolodex of, of championship matches, I think is good. Uh, we then get a uh, another rambling promo from the House of Black, and uh, they're, they're calling they're calling Mister Bastard out on this one. Yeah. So uh, my first uh, comment out loud at the beginning of this was, "Will this promo make sense?" Stay tuned and find out. Uh, it wasn't super nonsensy. It was a little bit nonsensy, but it, I think it kind of finished strong. I would like to see a little bit of an attitude adjustment from Brody King. The deadpanning thing, I don't think totally works for this character i i will i think meaner or scarier 
I don't know. Is that yeah, I, 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 I would tend to agree. Yeah, no, I would tend to agree with that. Yeah, I don't think he should be uh, he should be deadpanning this. He's one, almost there. Obviously, the look is there, and I know the attitude's there, and I know the acting ability is there. Hey, he's uh, a veteran of you know. I think you should leave. One of the best comedies you'll see, kind of maybe ever. But, um, yeah, I just want to see some sort of adjustment to that character. And we're still figuring it out for television, right? You know, this is a new thing for AEW TV. I think the Kings of the Black Throne will be very, very successful as a tag team in AEW. So I'm not worried about them at all, but I'd like to see kind of where we go from here and what adjustments get made, if any, uh, in the coming weeks. Indeed. Uh, we then get Sammy Guevara and his cue cards during a commercial break, and I did not read them, but I'm sure it was, you know, talking how it great was, it was that he's now the undisputed champion. Pretty much. I actually thought it was a nice statement, and, uh, you know, it, if you would have said it out loud as a promo, I think it would have gone over really well, but uh, he just basically said, I, I, you know, did the work, I scratched and clawed, I went from a, major, or a minor uh, side player to a key player, I did it all because of the fans and because of Viola you watching at home, blah, 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 that sort of thing. Very babyface stuff, but uh, nice. And, you know, Sammy got his title run, you know, cemented here tonight and got it solidified. I know some people are a little shaky about it. I think this is a big win there. And so I guess we'll see, man. Do you think this is going to be a long run from this point? I think it'll be a longer run now that the whole Cody thing's been resolved. And, you know, we, we, we still have Scorpio Sky looming, too. So I think, uh, yeah, I think uh, it is going to have How a do you want to? Here's a question. How do you want to see this TNT title booked going forward? Let's just say for the next, let's just say the next six months. Would you rather it be like um, a series of like established opponents with like established feuds? Or do you want him to do sort of the open challenge thing? You know, honestly, I don't think the open challenge worked very well the first time. Okay. So I think maybe this time, I think, yeah, maybe we get some more established, you know, declared opponents. But I'm also missing the fact that they they treated this like a TV title. So, you know, it's kind of, well, yeah. So it's kind of... Yeah, I don't think they need to go back to the open challenge because I don't think it worked out very well the first time, quite frankly. Okay. Well, so. I guess we'll we'll see where it goes. So it looks right now that it's going to be like, you know, established rivals. But, yeah, I'm interested to see how we do that. Yeah. When we come back from full commercial, we have Tony Schiavone in the ring with uh, a whole table and placards of uh, PWI awards. And we bring out Dr. Britt Baker, DMD. DMD. Wearing in in full Britsburg mode in Cleveland. In Cleveland. This was awesome. <laughs> this was awesome. I, so, I, I love this. This was this great. She could bury the bro- like, she, she could bury the Cleveland Browns all goddamn day twice on Sundays. I, I love this. And you know, sometimes shout out to Lawrence cheap, O'Brien. It's uh, it's very authentic when it's Brit because this is what she does. This is what she's been doing, and she knows when to poke those pressure points and stuff. Coming off of that spectacular CM Punk MJF segment, it's really hard to just come out and drop a banger of a promo like and, and follow that. And Britt Baker 100% delivered tonight. Oh, yeah. She is by far one of the best promos in, 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 in wrestling right now. And the fact of the, the matter this. is... I'll say this, Jeff. Okay. I think Britt Baker is the best champion in all of professional wrestling right now. 
anywhere. I think Ooh, she's the most effective. That, that, I think if you were a, to pick one current champion to carry your brand and like put the the brand on the shoulders and be the top of the heap that everybody's chasing, I think Britt Baker embodies it perfectly. I don't know. Kento Miyahara did just get the triple crown back, so I don't know. We'll have to see about that one. Look, but I, I will say this: the, Brit, you can give her all three crowns. She is a brand. But I will player. tell you this. But I will tell you this: the fact of the matter is, is that even though she spent her entire segment burying the Cleveland Browns and Baker Mayfield, she still got the DMD chant at the end, and that right there of tells you is, everything she you need to know. Owns crowds; she has them eating out of the palm of her hand the second she walks out. It's has, she doesn't even have to put the microphone in her hand; she just has to look. And right from the start, there she's uh, she's got it all. And if you like, if you want to have like, who is a perfect champion? Like, what is a champion to you? I don't think you get any better than this. Like, this is the the, the champion you want to see people chase and and try to overcome. But she really is like the top of the hill. Yeah, no, the, the no, the the promo was excellent. No, I I, I and hats shout out off, to yeah. uh, the, 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 the line fully the deserving. Night, the, the line yeah, of the night. Uh, fully let's deserving get back of to the baker that actually wins shit. Yep, ex- exactly, <laughs> exactly. Yeah, no, that, that fantastic work, fantastic. Uh, we then get a recap of FTR versus uh, Lee Johnson and uh, Brock Arnson because uh, I guess that match was supposed to happen a week ago and it didn't for whatever reason. Uh, I'm thinking co- probably COVID, something COVID related. Some sort of uh, yeah, a bunch of people got COVID. So, it felt like over the last. And then few as weeks. we get a, a, yeah, and then we, we as we uh, we're in the midst of uh, recap or you know previewing what was coming up on Rampage. Uh, Vicky Guerrero and Nyla Rose come out challenging Ruby Soho to a match. So One I guess that's going to happen. Excuse me's we've gotten in months. Just a, a wonderful excuse me. I got sort of excited about it um and that's just sort of a me thing you know what i'm saying uh, i would i would like vicky to to scream at me at me like not kindly either jeff i would like to take vicky to a restaurant that i'm certain she'll hate and just <laughs> you know hang out yeah yeah so so Imagine i guess taking I'm, vicky guerrero uh, no. to the worst outback steakhouse you've ever been to oh god could you imagine just getting like a soggy blooming onion Putting it right in front of oh god yeah I knew you were I knew you were gonna bring up the bloomin' onion I a knew soggy bloomin' onion, onion and like a warm Fosters and just let Vicky abuse me <laughs> oh, just boy. that stale I think you're like, revealing the, 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 like the uh, dark you, rye bread you, they have you are revealing like, like crunchy you, you are revealing so much about your 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 your, your psyche right now Paul <laughs> I have a platform and I'm gonna use I just it Jeff. Our main event of the evening, a lights-out match between Orange Cassidy and Adam Cole. Um, this will be notable not for the violence and the blood. This will be notable for the amazing out-of-nowhere cameo by one Dan Housen. It'll be, yeah, it's not for the violence or for the blood. It's all about the Housen, Jeff, where it's known for the Housen. It is. Holy shit. By the way, uh, Tony Khan tweeted out uh, shortly before we started recording. He, it is official. Uh, Dan Housen is all elite Housen. 
congratulations, Hausen, by the way, to uh, a favorite over here at Boom Goes the Dynamite, and I know all over uh, the wrestling internet. Uh, you know, I'll res- I respect Dan Hausen for a lot of reasons. One, I think he's a very entertaining wrestler. I think he's really great live. He's one of my favorite wrestlers to go see live at an event. But uh, even more importantly, this man posted his way into a job at All Elite Wrestling, and uh, I always respect people that post their way into things. Uh, he never stopped posting. He never logged off. He broke his leg, and he posted even harder. And uh, Danhausen's All Elite, man. It's super awesome. I thought the moment was really fun and about as good as you can execute this. Like, having him come out during a sort of a gimmick match with you know, a wrestler that's considered, you know, more of a, of a goofier gimmick guy, despite we'll get to that too, but uh, making that appearance. And then it's sort of not even being anything, just sort of kind of random. And like, everyone's like, what the hell? What is this guy? And then he just sort of walked away. It's, it was perfect. I, I thought it was- yeah. That, that, that orange Cassie was confused too. I thought that, that sold it too. It was like, what's spectacular? Yes, absolutely. Um, and, and, you know, almost and that's not to take anything away from this match. I thought it was, as far as lights out matches go, super good. You know, it, it's funny though. I thought it, it, this was it was fun. I thought it was a little off, to be honest. And I thought overall this might have been the least of the lights out matches. That makes that's fine. I, I'm I think that's kind of fair. I don't think it's the perfect match type for these two guys, but I understand why they did it. Um, Orange Cassidy was really the star of this one. I thought he kind of carried the match. Yeah, I mean, no, it, it was fun times. And even, hey, we even got a little appearance from uh, Rapongi Vice. I mean, Rocky was there. So, a little hey, bit cool. of a get back there. So, yeah, nice to see Rocky um, healthy and recovered from his little bout with COVID. Yeah, yeah, that kind of sucked. So, uh, yeah. So, yeah, nice to see uh, Rocky Romero. By the way, uh on that note, did you see uh, New Japan canceled all of their the rest of their January shows because they had six, uh, at least one have wrestler had a fever, and then they pulled the other five wrestlers that wrestled in the night before with that guy, and and then it, yeah, they just uh, canceled the rest of January now. So. Well, good so no New Japan for, until uh, February six. Good news for Rapongi Vice heads hoping to see them in AEW because it looks like a few more dates just opened up for Rock. <laughs> yeah, no shit. Uh, yeah, I love the fact that they did go into the gorilla position with. Uh, so we got to see you know Tony Khan and Jerry Lynn, and uh, it was a good a gorilla position this spot. Match. Nice, nice clean slam. Got back out there. Um, yeah, I mean it was efficient. I thought it used its time well, and then the finish was uh, wow, big finish, and I thought yeah, that was great. Damn, yeah, yeah that 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 hug into a a a, a swan dive through the uh, you know through the stage. You know the the, the the gimmick stage, which led to the pin, and uh, uh, Orange Cassidy does get you. So this was a good way to protect Adam Cole too, because technically, I mean, he lost, but technically it doesn't count on Correct. you know the so, yeah, the, the vaunted a, uh... the vaunted AEW records. Yeah, so no, so that, no that are of course not worked taken, at all. But we all saw it. We all have eyes. We know what happened. Uh, and yeah, we got you know some stuff with. Um, all the other, you know, principals involved in the Best Friends Elite stuff. So we kept some things moving. But, Jeff, we did get the big, huge Danhausen debut. And it's a better debut than anyone else that could have debuted on this show. Hint, hint, wink, wink. Which brings us to something we have to address before we get out of there. Uh, a lot of people anticipating a different debut in this match that did not come to fruition. 
I am talking about one John Wrestling, Johnny Gargano. Uh, a lot of people thought that the reason Beach Break was occurring in Cleveland was so we could get Gargano on this show, the hometown boy. Didn't happen. What do you think about that? Uh, honestly, I'm kind of indifferent to it. Um, it, 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 I, I guess all that discourse passed me by because honestly, I haven't been on Twitter a lot lately. So, um, what are your overall yeah, thoughts I, it, about, it, it, no, we've never really talked about Johnny Gargano here. And now that he's, you know, so close to the AEW orbit or such a topic of discussion, I guess now is as good a time as any. What are your, how do you feel about Johnny Gargano? How much of his wrestling have you seen? What do you know about him? Do you want to see him in I AEW? Mean, I mean, I, 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 I more or less completely missed him in NXT for uh, the obvious reasons. Um, I, to me, I, I, Johnny Gargano, you know what? This is a topic we can, t- we're ready to say this for another time. Mostly. I, I'm just going to say this. My, my well, biggest I mean, thing, the thing about thing is we're, we're going to be was... talking about him. Cause like, if he doesn't show up now, he's probably inevitable. So I kind of wanted to get like a your preliminary thoughts, like maybe before he, cause he could, I mean, it could very well be Friday. It could be very well be next week or the week after, you know, it could well, be revolution. Uh, well, you know, the thing is, is uh, I'm just going to say that my, my, my biggest thing with Johnny Gargano was the time, you know, when uh, the, the, the tweet that went out when uh, it was uh, Gargano against uh, Andrade in NXT and somebody tweeted out with anybody who was cheering for Gargano over Andrade is a cop. And I was like, you know what? That's 100% correct. <laughs> or maybe they're a, an MCU superhero, and MCU superheroes also cops. So, yeah, I guess that tracks. Yes, they are. Yeah, Judge Dredd, also a cop, it turns out. No, he's a judge. Uh-huh. It's in the name. No, that's true. He, he works for he Justice a, Department. He's so, a yes. justice of the peace. <laughs> Paul, go ahead and plug yourself. I didn't break the law. I am the law. Stallone no, Dread was boy. great. Okay, you can follow me on Twitter at CoolStepUncle at Twitch at twitch.tv slash ThickFlare. And, of course, every Friday night and coming soon every Monday morning, twitch.tv slash WrestlingBrain. And if you want to follow this podcast on Twitter, you do that at BGTD Podcast. Uh, you can find me at Strong Soft Story without the E in style on Twitter. Uh, I don't really have anything else to plug today. So, uh, Paul. And last words. Drive a Jeep. We'll see you next week. <laughs>